her three most important health habits. The biggest common misconception that people have about their own health. How to change your food mindset from what food do I need to take away to what food do I need to add in. And her story of spending time with Richard Branson and so much more coming right up. This is episode number two, three, two with celebrity doctor and CEO, Dr. Maggie Berghoff. Hey everyone, and welcome back to Nick Carrier's Best You Podcast. I'm here because you wanna become the best version of yourself, but there are so many things that you need to do in order to get there. And because it gets overwhelmingly complicated, it's easy to lose focus, easy to lose a sense of direction, which is why so many people fall short of their true potential, which is why I'm here and I create videos, podcasts, and fitness programs to keep you on track to your best you. Go to nickcarrier.com to learn more. Today, I'm super pumped to bring you the one and only Dr. Maggie Berghoff. Back when Maggie was in college, she was, in most people's eyes, super healthy and super fit. But then all of a sudden, she started to feel bloated all the time, she started to feel fatigued, and she started to put on some weight. Her doctor told her one thing, but then she decided to take control of her situation. I can't wait for you to hear more about her amazing story. Be sure to follow me on Instagram at carrier underscore best you, and follow Maggie at Maggie underscore Berghoff. That's M-A-G-G-I-E underscore B-E-R-G-H. O-F-F. And you can find all her other social handles and website information and show notes at nickcarrier.com slash podcast. Now, before we dive into the episode, I know Monday mornings can be so hard to get motivated. I know they can be the bane of your existence, but not if you receive my Monday Motivation Trio 111 newsletter. Every single Monday morning, I send out one motivational quote, one inspiring video, and one badass workout to get your week started off with a bang. Make sure you go to nickcarrier.com slash 111 Dash newsletter. I'll wait for you right now. Do it right now. NickCarrier.com slash 111-newsletter so you can get motivated every single Monday morning with it when this hits your inbox. Without further ado, here's to getting closer and closer to your best you with the one and only Dr. Maggie Berghoff. All right. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Nick Carrier's Best You Podcast. I am super stoked today to have the one and only Dr. Maggie Berghoff with me today. Uh, Dr. Berghoff, I just want to start off by saying thanks so much for spending the time with me today. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited. Of course. Yeah, we're going to have a lot of fun. Uh, To introduce you real quick, Dr. Berghoff is a celebrity doctor who helps high-performing men and women with their health uh, through her company, Cellprocio. She also trains health professionals uh, in building and marketing their own businesses. We were just talking about how you have an awesome mastermind getting ready to start um, with a group of business owners. Uh, but to kind of give everybody a little bit more context on kind of you and your your journey and your story with health, I learned that back when you were young, kind of around eight years old, you experienced your mom having colon cancer and that kind of sparked maybe your interest in health. And then you went to Vandy for undergrad and graduate school and then you studied at the Institute for Functional Medicine. And then in college, you thought you were super healthy. You were always somebody who kind of worked out a decent amount and all that kind of stuff. But then you started feeling bloated, fatigued, have a little weight gain. And then you went to the doctor and all they did was give you ibuprofen. And then you were like, okay, what the heck? And I feel like that was kind of one of the biggest things that really sparked your your journey into kind of functional medicine. And so kind of moving on from there, after you went to the doctor that gave you ibuprofen, kind of what was the next step for you in regards to like figuring out what was wrong with you? 
Yeah, well, so that was like the very first thing of when I just started swelling out of nowhere, which is so weird. I thought I was having a DVT, deep vein thrombosis, because at the time I was on birth control and that's a symptom of that or a side effect of that. And um, I didn't. So they're like, oh, I'll take this ibuprofen. It's going to help with the swelling. Well, it did. But then it came back and came back and came back and it just kept coming back. And then eventually it wasn't just my legs swelling. It was my whole body would blow up after like, it seemed like it was tied to food. I would just be eating anything and I could feel my body kind of tightening up and I would get bloated and um, I would go to the doctor. And every time they just said, everything looks normal because on my lab papers, like the lab work that they would draw, it, it was quote normal, but I was standing there frustrated because I definitely knew that this was not normal for my body. And I'm having all of these symptoms, trying to explain to them that this something's going on. And then finally, it actually got so like, they, they waited so long because they wouldn't listen to me that something was going on. And um, because it didn't fall in line with their, their, you know, abnormal value that finally, the stuff did show up on the lab work. And I had like this horrible, I mean, my, my kidney started shutting down, I had severe immunodeficiency, they diagnosed me with PCOS, POTS, Hashimoto's disease, like all of this crazy stuff. And I even had a mini stroke. So like it got so bad and my body was so inflamed that, I mean, my body just said, okay, enough is enough, Maggie, we can't compensate any longer. And it just started to shut down. And that's what led me to like dive so strongly into functional medicine because the model I was trained in did not help me. I wasn't trained in a very traditional medical model and I was seeing traditional medical, conventional medical practitioners. And it's just, you know, I fed through, I fell through the cracks because on their papers, they couldn't figure out what was going on until it was then too late. But even when they knew what was going on, like, oh, you have Hashimoto's disease and PCOS, there were no answers of, okay, well, how to fix that? Because just three months ago, I didn't have these things and I felt very healthy. So like, how do we even fix that when their answer was just, you're going to be, they told me I'm going to be on IV therapy the rest of my life. And I'm going to need to take these medications the rest of my life because I have an autoimmune disease. And that's why I just, I'm a very stubborn person. So luckily I didn't accept that as an answer. And I sought to find my own answers through functional medicine. Good for you. That's awesome. That's uh, definitely taking ownership uh, of the situation. I can like sense your frustration still from the situation and just, and you recounting the story, I'm sure. So what, when you started to kind of do your really diving deeper into it, what were some of the, like the first few habits or first few things that you had to start changing? Yeah, well, mine was definitely food. Um, and it wasn't just like, oh, go gluten-free because I was reacting to things. I mean, I would eat a bowl of steamed broccoli and inflame. You know, it was just anything kind of because my gut lining was so out of balance that it was very hard for me to digest basically a lot of different kinds of foods. And so it was really looking at food in a different perspective as far as what I was eating, what was inflaming me, but then also simplifying it. Um, see, I was used to, on the outside, I looked very, very healthy and fit before this stuff happened because I was following, I, I was a workout crazy person. I, like, I loved working out. I still do. Loved working out, loved following nutrition plans, but really I was actually restricting nutrition. So I was cutting out entire food groups. I was following like, you know, um, weight loss type of diet plans with my workout plans. And I was severely nutrient deficient because I wasn't eating, I was trying not to eat carbs and fats and that kind of stuff. And so it was really stopping that restrictant restriction. And instead of thinking, what do I need to take away from my diet? Like those food groups, I kept thinking, what do I need to add? Because I knew that I needed mm. nutrients. I was nutrient deficient. 
I was, my body was breaking down. My body needed energy and antioxidants to fight this. And so I kept thinking every day, I would say this mantra to myself, I, I eat to nourish my body. I eat to nourish my body. And I would just think instead of making that smoothie, I used to think, okay, I need to make this smoothie with like protein and like no carbs and no fat and no calories. Like, it's, you know, like that's it. Right. But now I would thought, okay, what can I add to this smoothie? Don't care about calories. Like what can I add to give my cells what they need right now? Okay. Healthy fats. I need some almond butter. I want to add a ton of kale. I want to even blueberries, I was like afraid of fruit because of carbs back in the day. And so I, but then I knew how beneficial it would be for my body to have those carbs and energy to heal and those antioxidants. So the biggest shift for me was the, my viewpoint on food, as well as the food choices that I made. Mm, I love that. I really like the, that takeaway of instead of thinking about what do I take away? What do I add to it? Because I think that's a big mindset shift and, and paradigm shift that a lot of people would, would benefit from taking because I feel like a lot of people are always thinking like, what do I need to cut out first? Um, what a, with your experience with coaching people, what's kind of the most common issue or most common misconception or false belief that people are kind of coming to you with? Oh gosh. Um, well, I guess a big misbelief is sticking on the food aspect of things, diets, like that they have to follow this restrictive diet and cut out all of these things in order to lose weight. But in fact, when, with my clients, and I don't just see weight loss, but that is a goal that some people have when we actually don't even think about the weight loss, but we just rebalance their body and re regulate their hormones and get their digestive system on point. The weight legitimately falls off without trying. And it mm -hmm. actually stays off where you could go to Thanksgiving dinner and enjoy whatever you want and still like, like not be in bed the next week because you're bloated and gain 10 pounds and you feel miserable. We build a body up really strong so that it can handle living in the modern day life. Like you don't have to restrict and be on this, you know, cooped up lifestyle. You can live a very modern lifestyle still feeling amazing if you do it the right way and you balance. So I would say that that's a big misconception. People think that they're going to be giving up a lot of things when actually this enhances your lifestyle and brings you more happiness. Hmm. So I know that in, in me, I do fitness goal setting coaching. And I know for me in my practice, one of the biggest learning tools for me is learning from the people that I actually coach and, and kind of getting feedback from them and the experiences that we have together. Is there any particular like biggest lesson that you maybe have gotten from a client, whether it's because they implemented some sort of thing and they got a lot of good feedback or bad feedback or like a behavioral thing that you learned a lot from this person? Was there just a biggest lesson maybe that you've learned from a client? Oh gosh, so many lessons that yeah. I've learned from clients. Um, I would say hmm, one of my biggest lessons, I'm a business owner, obviously, and I see a lot of business owners above me and they're doing all of these things. And sometimes I get like FOMO, right? I'm like, oh, I want to do all those things. I want to do all this stuff. And um, one of my biggest lessons, I work with a lot of CEOs and this super successful CEO killing it on the outside. Like, I wish I had her life. And she came to me and she had cancer. She stressed herself out so much that she got cancer from doing too many things in her business and just like flying all over the world and all that kind of stuff. And so the biggest lesson is that you can have all of those things, but if you do it the wrong way, 
you're going to get cancer or your life's going to be miserable. You're going to be have anxiety or depression. So what we did is her cancer is no longer existing. She also worked with other people, of course, in addition to me, as we um, rebalanced her body, got rid of the cancer. She's good to go now. And now her business is actually better than before. She has more systems in place. They're bringing in way more income. They're totally expanding, like huge. Um, she was already huge before, but like now it's on a whole nother level, but she feels freaking amazing. And she feels so at peace. And like when she travels, she no longer gets, she used to get sick after she would do a big event. She would host these big events and it would just drain her and she would just get sick. Her immune system would crash. Um, well now she does them and she has so much energy throughout them. She feels really good. So the biggest lesson for me is as a business owner, as I continue to grow and expand to like not follow the, you know, grind 24 seven and you've got to do these late nights and all that kind of stuff. And just to really focus on your body because your health really does elevate your business growth. It like, it's hard to prioritize that when you're in the mode, like the, the business build mode, but if you do, it actually enhances that growth. And that was a huge lesson for me as a young business owner. Yeah, no, I love that takeaway because I think a lot of people and a lot of people just don't see behind the scenes. So they think everything's going well, but you never really know. And, and it's really kind of about like defining success for yourself in the sense that it's like, okay, this person might be super successful on the outside with all the money, but it's like, maybe they're not actually taking care of themselves the way that maybe you would really want to. Um, and, and then the, the other thing is just like health needs to be a priority in your life, no matter what. And I obviously preach that a lot being, being a, a fitness goal setting coach where it's like, I don't care what you are, whether you're a mom, a CEO, a plumber, whatever it is, like you need to find a way to prioritize your health every single day. Because if you're not the healthiest, most energetic, best feeling version of yourself, then you're not going to be the best mom, plumber, or CEO that you could be. Hundred percent, and then you're, and then like, what? What's the point, right? Like, we have this yeah. not cliche or anything, but like, we have this one life. We get to live it however we want. Why wouldn't you choose to live it feeling really good? Because that is your choice. Like, you can put things in place to make that a reality for yourself, no matter how busy you are. Yeah, no doubt. Um, to kind of finish up on, uh, little fi kind of finish up on health. Uh, what are what do you think right now are like maybe your three most important overall health habits for you personally? Sleep, for sure. Even yeah. as a mom, I have a three-year-old, a one-year-old, and a two-month-old right now. So obviously yeah. sleep is not always perfect, but prioritizing it above everything else. Because if my sleep is off, my whole, like, I just, I want more, I crave more things. I like my metabolism is off. I feel groggy. I'm not, like, my mood isn't elevated. Priority. So going to sleep at the same time and waking up at the same time every day, if you can, is a huge priority for me, one. Two is um, hydration. It sounds so simple, but for me personally, that's something that I still struggle with, especially being a busy mom. It's like, oh my gosh, I it's already noon and I haven't even had a glass of water yet just from being busy. And so that's a priority for me right now in my life. And then the third thing I would say is um, just to continue nourishing. I have the best um, the best diet right now. Like I feel truly amazing each day. And it's because of what I nourish my body with through food. I truly eat to feel energy and to feel really good. When people ask me, Maggie, why, like, why don't you eat this? I don't eat a lot of like grains or gluten just because my body inflames to them. And they're like, Maggie, why do you don't, why don't you eat that? Or like, don't you ever really want something like that? And I'm like, no, because I really love feeling awesome.
And I know that those, and I'm glad that I'm at a place now where I'm confidently know that those things do not make me feel awesome. So I have them here and there, but it's not a staple of my diet anymore. And I don't want it to be. So those are like the three big things that I focus on. I love it. I love it. Great three things. Um, well, to kind of transition off of what you were just kind of talking about, how you're, uh, you have two boys uh, and a girl and a two, a two month old, you said? That's awesome. Congrats. Congrats. Uh, and you have two businesses. I know you also like to travel a lot. You're on phone calls a lot. You're creating mastermind courses. Um, you got a lot going on, right? So, and I, I know that one of your biggest things is like you want to design your life and career in a way that makes most sense for you and you have control over spending your time how you want to spend it. Um, and so I'm going to actually target this specific towards the sleep thing because I know so many people struggle with sleep. How do you practically, obviously it's probably not perfect every single day, but how do you practically maximize the likelihood that you get to bed at the same time every single day and wake up at the same time every single day with all that you have going on? I'm crazy organized. So I'm very efficient and organized with my time. And I do do a lot of things in business and personal life and mom life, but I am strategic with my time. So I, as best as I can, I try to theme my days, which is the best process for me. So I have all calls on one day. I'll do like a all writing day on another day where I know I work best at a coffee shop when I write instead of in my office. So I'll put myself in an environment to make sure that I'm being efficient and I'm like, I'm setting myself up for success there. And so I theme days, maybe one day is a video day where I just batch a bunch of video content that's going to last me for months. Um, and so I'm very, very efficient with my time. And then I, I just, it's a priority. It's a non-negotiable for negotiable for me to prioritize my health because I know that you can, you're going to crash. That's why I work with high-performing men and women, because that's how I identify with if I'm not careful, I know myself, I'm very, like, I go so fast. And if I'm not careful, I could work, you know, 24 hours a day, right? Like, I yeah. could do those things, but I'm very careful about it. And I prioritize. So that's how I get a lot of things done. One other thing, one other tip of how I get a lot done is I focus on one thing at a time. So it looks like I'm doing everything, but really in that moment, or even like during those three weeks, during those three weeks, all I focus on is this. And it's like one thing that I master, I focus on, I get all of it done, and then I move on to the next thing. And that's how it really looks like I'm doing everything because I am able to get a lot done in one little bit of time. Yeah, I like that a lot. And I, and I, I feel the, a very similar way. And, and what helps me focus on one thing at a time, I don't know if you're the same way, but like I'm very intentional about planning out my day. Like I have a whiteboard for my week. I have a, a journal for every single day. And like, if I know that I'm going to get to something at two o'clock, if that's when I'm supposed to do something and it's 12 o'clock, then it's like, I don't need to think about that thing right now because I'm, I'm know I'm going to do it at two. And because I've like planned it out like that, it helps me to focus on one thing at a time. Exactly. Clearing the distractions and just really zoning in on that thing. And, and what also helps me with that too, is um, not being in my inbox. So like when I'm focused on that thing, don't worry about the email that just binged in of somebody asking something for you. That's the biggest thing for the biggest lesson that I learned as an entrepreneur is when someone asks something from you on an email or a text or whatever, and it's easy to answer, you want to answer it. For some reason, you just want to email and just send them back a quick reply because you can quick reply. But all those little quick replies keep you from doing what you actually are supposed to be doing. 
And so I've really, really been practicing, um, and I, I'm really good at it now, at ignoring those things until it's like my one hour block to answer all of those things. And I go in, I answer them all, and I'm done. And it really has helped me. Yeah. Well, no doubt. Not only do the small emails and quick replies add up, but it like takes your mind away from what you were doing. And it always takes a little bit of time for your mind to kind of get back into that zone that you were in before. Yeah. Or then you get hungry or then like the laundry <laughs> yeah. changed over. Like you do, you get distracted. You're not in the zone anymore. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. So again, to kind of talk about like designing your life and your career and your job and the way that you want, if somebody was like, I, I want to be able to design my life like that. I want to be able to kind of have control over my time and spend it how I want to. What are like the first steps that I need to take in regards to designing it in that way so that I can still like have a good career, still make a good amount of money, but also like spend the time how I want to spend it? Yeah, I think um, the two things are thinking outside of the box. So you may need to get a little creative. Like I'm a health practitioner. Most people work for the hospital. That's what I was trained to do at Vanderbilt. Like they train you to go work for somebody else. And so it takes confidence of thinking outside of the box to create your own job. Like a lot of one person, just even a couple of weeks ago, she was like, oh, that's so lucky that you do that. And I'm like, well, yeah, cause I created it. You yeah. can do it too. I just created a job that lines up with my dream life. Um, so that's the first thing. And then believing in yourself that you can make it happen because it is not easy to start your own job or to be the one that does something different or to be in the public eye if you're in the public eye. And so believing in yourself um, internally and taking care of your own needs above above everything else is really going to help. Yeah, I love those two things. Um, yeah, don't call it luck. Like I created this. It wasn't luck. It wasn't luck. Um, and then, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, it's like, well, that's because I made this. I made yeah. it up. Exactly. Exactly. Um, and then obviously believing in yourself is key and kind of to, to go off of that. What was it like when you first like started doing what you're doing now? Like, did it, were you, were you scared or were you just like really excited or what was it like to take the leap of faith to like start your own business? Um, so I, I am com like confident and different kind of by nature. I never knew I wanted to be an entrepreneur, never in a million years. But now that I know what this life is, I was born to do it. It's just my personality. So when I started to do my own thing and I went against everybody else, that was very natural for me. I'd like to do the different thing. They, the, just like what everyone else is not doing. Um, that's why I came down to Nashville, Tennessee and went to Vanderbilt, even though I've never even been to this state before. And all my friends were going wow. to Indiana University. I was just like, ah, I want to do my own thing, right? So that was natural to me. What was not natural to me and what was very scary is, and still is some days for sure, is putting myself out there to be an open target for other people. So mm -hmm. I don't like when people don't like me or say mean things about me or like whatever it is. Um, I mean, some, one time somebody even like shared a picture of me and my cute little kids and like wrote something really mean all over the front of it and put it on Facebook, right? Just because that's their thing. So that's the biggest thing is when you're in this public eye and you're doing things like I do and you're speaking on stage and you're on, the, on TV, on national television, saying things of your beliefs and someone doesn't agree with those beliefs or even like agree with your face, right? Like they could, they could be mean about anything. And <laughs> yeah. so, and so that's the biggest thing for me and the biggest fear and the biggest limiting belief and just imposter syndrome of um, other putting yourself out there for other people to um, attack me. And the internet is a 
is a big place. So that's yeah. the biggest thing that was scary for me at first. At first, it looked like being a little bit nervous about my colleagues thinking like, wow, who is she to go from this conventional medicine? Oh, she's talking about like nutrition now. Like this is so woo woo. Like that was my limiting belief. And now I don't care about that. But now I care about like the different things that are in my life. Now there's always going to be things that, you know, as you grow. Yeah. Well, so how, how have you been able to get better at working through that? Because I, obviously not everybody's in the public eye, but everybody in most people have the struggle of caring so much about what other people think about them. And that's kind of to, to sum up at least a little bit, generalize kind of what you're talking about. Um, how do you, have you been able to work through those things? Well, Nick, I, I mean, I work through these things every single day because I'm constantly growing. I on purpose put myself in uncomfortable positions because I on purpose, I'm going to just focus on growth. And, um, and my husband is the biggest help because sometimes if I get into my own head, I can ruminate about things for a long time. Even just last week, I, somebody was like saying some really mean things on a Facebook ad that we're running. And I was like, oh, what should I respond? And I like spent forever thinking about this response to this stranger who somehow thinks he knows me, right? And so my husband reminded me in that situation that you just spent an hour of your energy, of your time, of your life focusing on responding to this stranger who doesn't know anything about you. And I was like, wow, you're right. I could have been hanging out with my kids. Like here I am on my phone worried about some stranger about my feelings. And I could have been playing baseball in the front yard with my three-year-old. So it really reminded me, and he's, he's really great at reminding me where your energy and your happiness and your love should go. And um, even like for that little example, I was just, I was just like, oh yeah. I mean, I don't have time. And this is now my new truth. Like I don't have time to respond to negative comments. And that, that is my new truth from that situation. That is my lesson. I don't have time, energy, or the desire to respond to your negative comments because I'm too busy loving my life and living my life. And yeah. that's one lesson that I just recently learned. And that's, I'm continuing, continually learning things like that. Yeah, no, I love that. Um, I think that so many people only think about where they spend their time, but where you spend your energy is just as important, if not more important, actually, Somebody who I had on the podcast uh, a while back is a, a lady who used to be a sports agent, but she just came out with a book probably a number of months back now. I haven't read it, but it's called My Energy Clock, um, and it's about that concept And um, because we talked a lot, a lot about that on, on the podcast. And then, um, yeah, I really loved how you said that you put yourself in uncomfortable situations on purpose because to me, that's something that I kind of realized that I needed to do about a year and a half, a couple of years ago is to... Like if you want to improve in, in something, if you want a different skill or a, diff, a different like piece of knowledge, then the only way that you're kind of going to get that is if you put yourself in an, to an uncomfortable scenario that requires of you to obtain that skill or knowledge that you don't have. So I think that's, that's key. And actually to give you, I, I really wanted to get like more comfortable looking stupid in front of people or just like public speaking too. And so I took an improv class to, for that specific reason. So I thought that was a, a, a great takeaway. Yeah, I mean, I all at the other side of that fear is like where all the magic happens. And you'll see, like, it's hard to see right when you're in the moment because it's scary and it's, you know, fearful. But once you're there, then it's just so awesome. So, but yeah. it's constantly putting yourself into those positions so that you can grow. And a lot of people don't want to and, they're, and they'll live status quo their whole life. 
and they won't achieve what they really could achieve if you just get outside there and just step into that fear a little bit. Yeah, no doubt. And I think if you, like everybody will get into their, will get uncomfortable, uncomfortable, but I think if you intentionally put yourself into it, then like you kind of know it's coming. So not just, it, I'm not saying necessarily makes it easier. Maybe it makes it a little bit easier, but when you're experiencing it, you kind of knew it was going to come. Yeah. Oh, yeah, totally. I mean, even like you mentioned public speaking, I used to be the one who would turn like fire engine red whenever I was in front of somebody. Now I on purpose speak in front of thousands of people and or go on national television or like, I mean, on purpose, I put myself in that situation. But now since I know it's coming, like you said, and I know that on the other side of that, I'm going to be just fine. And then I can show up more with confidence. And I know how many people I'm able to help by doing that, by getting out of that zone. Mm-hmm. I love it. I love it. Um, so this question is a little bit kind of a different theme. So is there a most important decision that you made earlier on in your life, whether it's a life decision, a career decision, but is there a most important decision that you made in the past that you didn't realize the importance of or the significance of until later on in life? Oh gosh. Um, I would say priority of family. Um, I've always wanted a a family and I wanted children. I wanted to be a mom, but now like now that I'm a busy businesswoman as well, just remembering that that is my priority. So act like it. So when my kids are home from school, that means I am their mom. Like I am on as the mom because my priority, my number one is family and my children. So just, constantly remembering and acting what your like what your priorities are so if you say your priority is family and your children don't work 24 7 and never see your family and children right mm-hmm. so like being intentional about living out what your true values are because if you're not it's so easy to get distracted and let those values fall yeah i love that i love that so you like you said you work with high-performing uh, men and women and and your self pro ceo and in your business coaching. Is there anything that is like a commonality that a lot of them struggle with, that a lot of them need help with in regards to it could be like prioritizing their time differently. It could be prioritizing their health, but because you work with so many high performers, is there something that just like a lot of them you feel are running into the same similar type of problem? Um, I would say for my practitioners, so on the business side of things, I train health practitioners in building their business and their number one setback is um, lack of confidence and belief in themselves. They're scared and they feel like an imposter um, because I mean, sometimes I help people who already have a seven figure brick and mortar practice and, but they hate it. And I help them to build a new online practice that they love. And like, they still feel like an imposter because if they don't know enough about this because they've never been online or, you know, it's still fearful, number one setback that, that holds them back from actually living their dream. And with the health aspect with my high performance health people, I would say the number one through line is just stress and going and going and going so fast that it's just this downward spiral that if they would just like take 10 minutes even of their day to focus on themselves, then they can get themselves out of that spiral and that they'll see that their life, their business, their career, their relationships will actually elevate if they just take that like just 
stop. It's hard to press the stop on that spiral um, because of all of the things that they are doing and they want to, they, it's always a, it's always a race. They always want to be the best of the best. I mean, we work with professional athletes, with entertainers, like they, it's a race, right? They feel as if they're not showing up every second and doing everything everybody else is doing that they will fall behind. But when in reality, the people who are really doing the best of the best are prioritizing themselves above all else. And they are so that they can sustain this and so that they can get those extra percentage points or that extra deal um, and show up the best for their for their career, for their um, performance, whatever it is that they're involved in. Yeah. Well, I kind of want to address both of those real quickly then and to kind of go back to the the business owners one and belief like belief is definitely the number like one of the number one things you have to have in order to take action on the thing that you want to take action on. And so if they don't have if they're struggling with belief, if they're struggling with confidence, then what's the as a co- as their coach, as their mentor, what do you do in order to get that belief to fuel them with belief, to fuel them with confidence that they have the ability to, to do what they really want to do? So in like in my mastermind, I'm very extra supportive and it's it's on me to believe in them. So even though they don't believe in themselves, me believing so strongly in them that they're gonna make it happen, health and business, both. It's my it's my belief, actually. So it's me showing up fully for them, being so, so confident with every cell in me that they're gonna get healthy, that they're gonna create this business that it actually trickles effects to them starting to believe in themselves. I really believe that that's, that's a big part of it is just my belief in them, just telling them like, listen, I've got you. If you just show up, I always, I always tell them what one of my friends um, always says is that if you just show up like 51%, if you believe in yourself like 51%, a little bit more than you don't, then I can take you the rest of the way. Like mm-hmm. I, I can help you get to, the, to that end goal. That's awesome. That's awesome. And I think everybody should hear that and think of like, okay, who can I show up for and believe in? Because it's like, if, if you can help somebody to believe in themselves by you believing in them, then everybody ha- can play that role. They don't have to have a, a business mastermind like you do to be able to serve that sort of role with, um, with somebody else. And so to kind of go to the, ne- to the next one, the, the stress thing, how do you get, how do you convince these high performing men and women that like, you need to slow down? Like, because, because again, it's, it's kind of a belief thing. It's like, they might not believe that people who are really being more successful are actually slowing down to not be as stressed. So how do you convince them that they actually need to slow down in order to be more successful? I compare it to business. So, um, I, I compare it to delegating and letting me, Mm. like, this is my specialty. I live and breathe high performance health. It's what I'm really good at. And so delegating that, like they're not really good at that. They don't know how to review labs and address parasites in their gut lining and all this kind of, like they don't know how to do that. So to yeah. delegate that off. And then I also compared like reassessment and needing to stay on top and fine tune to business analytics. Like if mm. you for, for business people, like you care about your analytics, you care about your gross and net and margins. So why wouldn't you care about your, your health? Like if your levels are too high, too low, or just right. And what to do to make those better. So I compare it to something that's very like, Oh yeah. And um, sometimes it's even like micromanage is um, something that definitely like my athletes or even CEOs really identify with is like letting me micromanage all of that stuff so that you can focus on what you're good at. Cause Mm -hmm. all that they're good at implementing high performers are great at implementing. They just need to be told what to do and I know what to do. And so if I can just tell them like, Hey, just do this little five minute thing every day, they're going to do it. 
So it's just about delegating and letting somebody else step into their expertise and shine so that they can keep on stepping into theirs. Mm, I love that. That's great to relate it to something that's a little bit more uh, speaking their language. That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, I, I saw that there's some story with you where you got invited to go to like a rich, something with Richard Branson um, and you kind of had the imposter syndrome a little bit in the beginning and you didn't end up going, but then you got invited invited, and then you went back. Just kind of run through that story just because like, I read it and I was like, that's really interesting. I want to hear more about that. So run up through a little bit of that story, if you will. That's great. You did some good research. Okay, so um, I got invited as um, the, this group. It was like 10 of the top women entrepreneurs in the States to go to partner with Richard Branson on something and to go with him to his houses and like just brainstorm ideas and helping the world be a better place. And I was like, no, you, you've asked the wrong chick. I am not a huge businesswoman yet. Like I am not at the level that you girls are at, like, I think I'm doing great, but I'm definitely not where you guys are. Um, and so I said, no, <laughs> I was like, oh, you must have made a mistake. It's not me. And so, um, so I said, no. And then one of my friends was actually talking um, to me one time and she was talking me through this limiting belief that I had that I shouldn't be in that room. And she said, Maggie, if you were an aspiring singer and like all you wanted to do was be this famous singer, would you hire a singing coach or would you be trained directly underneath Beyonce? And I was like, oh yeah, I would go hang out with Beyonce. That would elevate my career and get me to that level. And so she compared it to joining this group. And I was like, oh yeah, hanging out with these women, hanging out with Richard, going to his house and just like chatting business is going to get me to that level. So although I don't feel there right now, and this is a scary thing to say yes to, if I just get uncomfortable and put myself in that room that I don't belong in, I'm going to, in effect, be a belonger in that room. It's going to make me someone who does belong in that room. And so then... I, then I said yes. And then I ended up, I mean, it totally transformed my career and really helped a lot of things elevate early on as a businesswoman. Gotcha. To one more, one more question on that of all the 10 females in that room, what was the commonality amongst everybody? Uh, just like obsessive about growth and impact in their yeah. own life and everybody else's life. Mm. I was the only health practitioner in there. Everybody else was doing more business type of things. Um, but it was, everybody still had so the, the exact same focus of impacting people's lives and helping them have a better life and in effect, of course, them as well. Gotcha. That's awesome. That's awesome. I love it. I love it. Uh, well, down to the last couple of questions here. We already kind of touched on it a little bit in the sense that in order to kind of gain another another skill or knowledge or experience to you want to put yourself intentionally into uncomfortable situations and i found that a really important question for me to ask myself on a routine basis is what is a skill or a piece of knowledge that the best version of myself has that i don't yet currently have um, and so the same question goes for you is there a particular skill or piece of knowledge that the best version of dr Burgoff has that you don't currently have um, gosh, I would, I would say this, it may be a boring answer, but like money, um, investments and other things. So I'm really good at building businesses. I, I love to create things and I love to build businesses. But one thing that I think is really cool that I don't know yet is like investments and um, really, really growing wealth. 
rather than just making it, I know how to make it so, so great, but growing it and investing and having this long-term wealth growth is something that I don't know right now how to do, but I know that my future self is going to totally like knock that out of the park. That's awesome. That's awesome. I love it. I love it. Well, before I ask the last question, uh, I want to acknowledge you first, because I think that, you know, when you first went to the doctor back when you're having health issues and you just wouldn't take that answer, right? You're like, no, I'm going to figure this out for myself. I'm going to take ownership for this. And I think a lot of people in that scenario would kind of take on the, the victim mentality and be like, oh, this is, this has happened to me. Like, this is just how it's going to be. But you're like, hell no, I'm going to figure this thing out. And I think that's really admirable. And I also want to acknowledge you for believing in other people so much so that they believe in themselves, because I think that's kind of one of the ultimate qualities of leadership. Oh, well, thank you so much. I appreciate that. Of course. Of course. Well, I know everybody's going to want to go learn more about you if they don't follow you and know about you already. So you guys need to make sure you go follow her on Instagram and on TikTok at Maggie underscore Berghoff, um, Facebook Maggie Berghoff, and then MaggieBerghoff.com and CellProCEO.com. And I also saw that you're coming out with a book sometime next year. Um, is there uh, any kind of just like quick glance or tidbit that you can say about that? Yeah, it's, uh, it's a health book. So it's all about inflammation and immunity and how you can combat those things, uh, combat the inflammation, boost your immunity so that you can really show up bigger in your life and feel better. Awesome. That's great. When, when do you think that, does that, do you have like a release date or any kind of timeline yet? Yeah, I think that, I mean, I don't know how much I'm allowed to say. It's the traditional publishing. That's okay. In February, I, I think that we're on set to release, like do pre, pre-sale and release the book cover and show everybody. And then I think June, July is when you can actually purchase the book like at Barnes & Noble. Awesome. Awesome. Well, I'll be on the lookout and we'll definitely, uh, definitely share that out and definitely interested to get that myself as well. Um, well, last question here. Dr. Berghoff is, I think that in order to get closer to the best version of ourselves, it's a constant journey and it's also a unique journey. I think the way that I'm going to get closer to the best version of myself is going to be a little bit different than the way that you get closer to the best version of yourself. So for you personally, if there are three things that you can currently do or three things that you can currently work on to get closer to that best version of Dr. Maggie Berghoff that you could possibly be, what are those three things that you could currently do or work on? One is what you do. So fitness. So one is just making sure I just had a baby and like just getting back into the routine of fitness, um, which has definitely been slacking with time and, and babies and all that kind of stuff because it's not the priority for me right now. So making that a priority again after the baby. Um, the second thing, the best version of myself would be uh, more, more breaks, more vacation breaks with the family. So like total no work, just relaxation, family vacation trips, best version. And um, the last thing, oh my gosh, best version of myself. I would say um, the really just prioritizing close-knit friendships. So um, as somebody who has a large family, not just my own children, but also my, my husband and I are both one of six. They all have kids too. We love our family and also making sure that I'm making time for close friendships as well. Jeez, you guys are both one of six? Yeah, we have a large family and we're all <laughs> like best friends. It's, yeah. Jeez, that's insane. That's insane. Well, those were three great things. That's all we got today. I appreciate it, Dr. Berghoff. Thanks so much. Uh, thanks for having me. Of course. There you have it. Such an inspiring and educational episode with Dr. Berghoff. I absolutely loved her mindset shift away from thinking about what food you need to take away 
to what foods you should add in. I also loved her ability to purposely put herself in her uncomfort zone because I know that is one of the biggest things that any of us can do in order to get closer to the best version of ourselves because it's such a great way to acquire skills and knowledge that you aspire to have. Put yourself in a situation that will require you to grow and then watch yourself gain that skill or knowledge that you've always wanted. Be sure you share this episode with a friend or family member who you think would get a lot from it and be inspired by it. Share it with a friend or family member who might be having some health issues of their own. Send it to someone who is thinking about maybe starting their own business but doesn't quite have the confidence to take that leap of faith. This could be the thing that sparks them to take action. All you got to do is send them to nickcarrier.com slash podcasts slash Dr. Maggie Berghoff to get the audio, the YouTube video, and then all the show notes. Remember to intentionally place yourself in uncomfortable situations. Always take control where you can take control because Dr. Berghoff didn't take that answer that she got from the doctor. She decided to take ownership of the situation and she asked better questions and so she got better answers. For now, it's time. It's time to take action. It is time to prioritize your sleep, your hydration, your exercise, what you put in your body and prioritize your time with friends and family members because those are the things that are gonna get you closer and closer to your best you.